Hello, Broncos country. This is David here with the pregame podcast, another edition of that beautiful, beautiful show. I am here with Kev Dan this evening. Kev Dan, normally a host of the slightly less beautiful postgame podcast, um, but you know he, he and John do, do great work there. He's here to help me out tonight with the pregame podcast here on the Orange Weekly Broadcast Network. Kev Dan, how you doing? Yes, sir. Well, I mean... We're, we're closer to Sunday, and that means we're closer to putting last week, you know, completely behind us Ugh. and hopefully able to come back out with a, you know, bounce back game that's really just going to kickstart us going down the stretch here in the last quarter of the season. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I missed the Bourbon Broncos and No BS show on Tuesday night, guys. Uh, you know, if I had, you know, anything to say about the Texans game, it was that in spite of how poorly the Broncos played for big stretches of that game, especially on offense, they still had a chance to win it at the very end, and I, if it's going to, you know, be that type of game, I feel like for the rest of the season in all of these contests. Uh, so, guys, grab uh, a beverage of your choice, um, grab a comfortable chair, sit back, relax, enjoy another edition of the Orange Weekly Broadcast Network pre-game podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, Kev. Um, well, so let's uh, – we're not going to dwell on the past anymore. I know that Texans loss was a bummer, but the Broncos <laughs> still sit at 6-6, six and six, still with a chance to control their own destiny for the playoffs. Uh, if yep. they can win out, more realistically, they're probably going to need some help because I don't know that they're going to win all of these games coming up. But it starts with a visit to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, yeah, and and to to be honest with you, we're, I think it's going to be warranting a discussion of what happened last night on the Thursday night game against the Steelers and Patriots. Because with the Steelers losing, that you're talking about needing some help. That mm-hmm. was a huge help. So when we look at what what this game means for the Broncos, I think it's also important to look around and see what else is going on. Because yeah, you know we lost to the Texans, but the Steelers just lost. Um, then that's a huge, huge help because now they're sitting at seven and six, which we could advance to with a win this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some questions about the Patriots. Are they as terrible as their record shows? And we have them coming up, you know, here in a couple of weeks on Christmas Eve. Um, but, you know, I think looking at, you know, the Chargers and Patriots game from, from last week, people are probably looking at that six to zero score, right? And saying, oh, well, the Chargers must suck because they barely beat the Patriots. Yeah, well, the Patriots just went out and pretty much manhandled the Steelers. So what are the Chargers really looking at? Are they, you know, what is your interpretation of the team? Are they good? Are they struggling? What's going on? Other than the Chargers are going to charge her. Well, that's it. I mean, because that really, that's my best analysis in the end because it's the same Chargers that we see year in and year out. Right, this team that has an ultra talented uh, quarterback, ultra talent at some spots on the roster, uh, and a head coach who y- you thought was really good in Brandon Staley, and then as the years go by, you just realize, all right, they found another head coach that's maybe not all that good. The defense that was supposed to be their strong suit has really let them down this year, and they are once again underachieving on offense with Justin Herbert, a guy who has astronomical arm talent. Um, and it should be better than what he shows out there on a week to week basis. 
Uh, so, sure. I mean, it's it's the same same story again this year. And for the first five or six weeks of the season, the Chargers felt to me a ton like the Broncos, except they were winning close games that the Broncos were losing. And now the luck has kind of reversed a little bit <laughs> to where now that, you know, the Broncos sit at six and six. Uh, we know there were a couple of lucky bounces in there that got us to six and six. But flip side of that token is there were some lucky bounces that got, went the other way in the first part of the season that lost us some early games there. So I feel like the Chargers and we could be swapped really easily right now. It's just there's been inconsistent play on both teams throughout the season, and it leads me to be really, really nervous about this game because I just don't know what to expect, Kev. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, it's, you know, it, people are looking at the over and under saying that both teams more often than not have hit the under, you know, over the past few weeks, four weeks or so. Um, but then it's like, well, this could be a high scoring game at the same time. People are saying, you know, this could end up being a shootout where both quarterbacks really shine and outplay the other's defense. So, and it could be a mix of both. Maybe one's team's offense shows up and the other's, you know, doesn't you know I, I don't know right so this could go a number of ways um obviously the the chiefs or the the chargers there are playing for you know they're still sort of in the hunt for a playoff spot themselves so they're looking to ruin you know our chances as well and put us back below 500 um but man it's it's goes back to what i was expecting last week was to see the broncos go out there and as i said on the bourbon broncos no bs show really thinking this team would not just play like they want to be in the playoffs, but play like they wanted to show the NFL that they deserve to be in the playoffs. And, you know, it was so close, right? Like that first drive with the Cortland Sutton deep ball that he just, that just hits him in the hands and he drops it like that. Yeah. It feels like that just set the tone for the whole game. And you're like, man, yeah. they, they wanted they came out, they wanted to take shots. They wanted to stretch the offense and they were, they were this close to hitting a couple of them and it just didn't happen. And it made it to where they, were really really close at the end when they probably could have won that game by two scores if just a couple of things had gone a little bit differently for them and if the offense didn't have three turnovers i realized the last turnover didn't really affect the final score as far as the texans getting more points but still um but so let's let's transition to this chargers game by starting on the defensive side of the ball for the broncos because that's you know the the broncos defense did not have the turnover luck that they, you know, we, we, we've all been fearing it. That was the national narrative, right? Like what's <laughs> going to happen when they stop turning the ball over at this historic rate. And that yep. happened on Sunday and they were still able to play pretty well against the Texans offense who admittedly they lost tank Dell um, and admittedly CJ Stroud, you know, a little bit banged up, but you know, to their credit and they, you know, they were, it wasn't as if the Broncos were playing dirty every time they hit CJ Stroud, it was certainly a clean hit. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, they got after him. The, the pass mm-hmm. rush played really well. Um, they were able to limit the Texans in the red zone. You know, they had allowed big plays, you know, in between the twenties. Um, uh, and that's, you know, something obviously you want to see them tighten up, but when it counted, they were able to buckle down for the most part. And even when the offense sure. gave away the ball twice in the first, you know, three and a half quarters, they were still able to keep the score right there within reach. Yeah, I think, you know, you see uh, it was a more of an extreme example of the bend but don't break Vance Joseph defense. They definitely mm-hmm. they bent a lot. Yeah, yes. they, they were giving a big play. And that's what you uh, that's what we expected CJ Stroud to, to attempt. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I was saying, if you get in his face, you know, hopefully you'll be able to rattle him enough, bring him down enough, sack him enough that it maybe makes some of these um, deeper attempts that he's going to make, you know, just maybe not quite there. Now, to CJ Stroud's credit, he really stepped up, right? But to apply that to the Chargers game here, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's the same uh, mentality going into this. You know, there's going to be the bend, but don't break. Herbert's going to want to take those shots down the field. Um, so we've got to rely on the pass rush again to get in Herbert's face. And I think that's very doable. I think Herbert is not as resilient as CJ Stroud is. Yeah. Um, you know, look, Herbert is basically 50 for 50, 50 on his career wins, mm-hmm. losses, you know, mm-hmm. I know the national media every year come out and, you know, I, I think their attempt is we're just going to keep picking the chargers to win because one of these years will be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the law of averages, right? like, no, you guys were way wrong again. You know, so yep. I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. Herbert's a good quarterback, but he's not this amazing media darling and top tier quarterback that everyone tries to make him out to be. Right. Um, and so let's, I mean, let's get into it. Let's get into the matchups here against this, this chargers defense, because that Keenan Allen connection with Justin Herbert is obviously right now that the heartbeat of that offense. And, you know, I'm really glad that Pat Sertan was able to come back to practice as a full participant this week, that knee injury, not serious. Um, so he's going to be full go. It looks like, uh, and we're going to need him, um, him against Keenan Allen and Allen lines up in the slot a vast majority of the time. So you're going to see Jaquan McMillan up against him a ton too. Really going to be an interesting test for that young player to see what he's got. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'd like to think that with, you know, Jaquan McMillan, you know, he definitely got beat out on one of those Texans touchdowns last week, mm. very much a rookie moment. You know, he, he lost sight of the player. That's the, the moment the player saw that he made that double move, got back over and you could see McMillan just was just like, I can't believe I did that. Right. So you're still going to see mistakes from him. I, I think it's very fair for teams to keep testing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is showing a lot of growth uh, and he is making a huge impact on this team. So if you're telling me that the the Chargers are going to want to um, test that that Keenan Allen connection against McMillan. OK, bring it. You know, I, I think McMillan's up to the challenge and uh, it'll be a fun matchup to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the Chargers, other receivers, you've got Josh Palmer out this game. Yep. Um, and so they're they've really been kind of hoping for more of a um, contribution from Quentin Johnston, their first round pick um, six foot three, two fifteen. So he's one of those you know, boundary type receiver prototypes that you build in a lab as far as body goes, but he's just not having the impact that they want him to have um, so far this season. And I think that that is really going to be one area where hopefully you can see this Broncos defense locked down. I think you'll see some pass rush just with coverage sacks, maybe initially, because I think the Broncos are going to be able to cover up the back end with Keenan Allen really well force Herbert to try and go to a second option. And, you know, the second option may not be open reliably for him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, they do have Gerald Everett, the uh, the former Rams tight end there. Um, he could be, a, you know, he could be a guy that you see gashing the Broncos defense for 12 to 15 yard completions. I, I hope not, but that, you know, it, it could be mm-hmm. one of those matchups to watch out for. I think it's really the only other one in that defensive backfield for the Broncos that you need to be worried about um, particularly. Um, Now, what about this offensive line versus our pass rushers? Do you see any matchups there that are advantageous or disadvantageous? 
Uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't know enough about the Chargers <laughs> offensive line to, to really answer that. So I'll just be straight up honest with you. However, you know, you, you can look at what Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito have been doing, um, you know, since the departure of uh, Randy Gregory and um, oh, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Frank Clark. Frank Clark. Thank you. So, so since those two guys, you know, basically were short, shown the door, um, these two younger guys have really stepped up and made mm-hmm. some really big plays. So, you know, they've shown that that's, they're very capable of it. You know, if Vance Joseph lets them off the leash basically and says, go for it, you know, go mm-hmm. get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they're really developing into a, a pretty dynamic duo. There you um, go. I can't, can't say that, you know, it's anywhere near the Von Miller DeMarcus Ware duo that we're, you know, we love seeing during the Super Bowl 50 run, but um, this this always poses a, a problem for opposing teams when you have a dual threat pass rush. You know, it's yep. not just the one guy you can double or triple team uh, and know that the other guys just aren't going to be strong enough to overpower the rest of your line and the rest of your blocking scheme. But when you have guys like Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper who are fast and can really get around these guys and will keep chasing down the quarterback no matter what, that poses a huge problem because what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I know that, you know, we're talking about some of the Chargers injuries beforehand as well. And um, the offensive tackle for uh, the Chargers looks like he's going to be out. Uh, uh, Zach not Bailey their looks like, yeah. Zach no, Bailey, no, it looks you. like so maybe not, not their the starter, story. but okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a big impact um, there, but looking at depth, right? So I don't know, right. but I'm, I'm excited to see what these two young guys bring to the fight. Well, and it's got, and of course you've got Baron Browning in there too. And that, that matchup versus Rashawn Slater, I think is going to be really interesting. He's the best offensive line for the chargers. Uh, their left, left tackle over there. Um, you know, Trey Pipkins on the other side is a veteran for sure, but he's more of a journeyman type player than a real frontline starter kind of guy um, where I'd really be interested to see if the Broncos can continue an advantage they had from last week. It's the interior defensive line, Mike Purcell and Zach Allen yeah. against these guards in the center um, of Los Angeles. Uh, they played really well against the Texans last week, really helped to shut down that run game quite a bit um, for the mm-hmm. Texans. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see if they can keep Austin Eckler from gashing the Broncos like he's done in the past. Um, you have to, they have yeah. to. Yep. Yep. And so any, all right, any final thoughts here on this Chargers defense versus, or Chargers offense versus this Broncos defense, Kev? I think it just, you know, it goes back to one of the big things is just stopping their run, you know, make them test our secondary. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get them in a position where they have to throw on third and longs, which was, you know, an issue last week. I can't remember. I know that uh, the Texans kind of struggled on third downs as well, um, but what was that? I can't remember the stat there. I'd have to look it up. But, you know, when, when it's third and short or every single time, it's mm-hmm. a, it's constantly puts your defense in a tough spot. So you've got to be able to hold them to one or two yards, you know, on the first and second down, make it third and long. And then you're going to find success. You know, I think with our defense, and you got to remember last week as well, our defense kind of shot ourselves in the foot several times. You know, Alex Singleton penalty early on in the game. Uh, that cost us points. Um, can't say it was a mistake, but the ball didn't bounce in our favor, you know, for that missed fumble recovery. Um, that would have been huge. And so there mm-hmm. were just a lot of little things that the defense just wasn't crisp. They're not, they weren't as crisp as we, I think we have seen them before. And so one of the big emphasis is knowing that Sean Payne is huge on details. 
that's going to be a huge thing that they really focus on this week. So I expect them to come out there and just look real sharp this week. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, you know, speaking of a unit that was not sharp last week. Um, yeah. The Broncos. Off we, have to. Yeah, we, we have, have to. Yeah, oh. we have to. I'm sorry. We have to. <laughs> um, you know, this was obviously Russell Wilson's first straight up bad game of the year yeah. um, with the, you know, the three picks and you know, though it does count. The, you do count that last pick against him because if it, you make that a touchdown pass, instead you win the game. Yeah. Um, now, I'll credit the Texans. Their pass rush was after it all game long. Uh, they made this offensive line look mediocre um, quite a bit of the time. And, yeah, they were they were really good. Um, Will Anderson was a beast. Um, that being said, I still think that Russell Wilson probably bailed out of some pockets that he had time to step up in. Uh, I think that, you know, we all, we've all seen the tape of him just missing Jerry Judy, you know, streaking up the sideline on the left side of the field um, for what would have been a sure touchdown. Uh, You know, there was still a magic play with that touchdown, long touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton that he just dropped right in the basket. Like, like we said, the receiver missed a, you know, Sutton missed a a throw on the first drive. That would have been a, a fantastic deep ball with lots of room to spare. Um, but yeah, Wilson just, just not good. And you heard Sean Payton express his frustrations with the quarterback that after the game. So do you think that Russ has a bounce back game against this Chargers secondary? Yeah, he's too much of a perfectionist. He, he cares too much. He's too focused. You know, he's not the type of player that's going to go out there and have two of those performances back to back. Look at what he did in that five game win streak, you know? He hadn't thrown an interception since week six, basically. You know, it was absolutely insane the numbers he was putting up. And it, it wasn't that he was putting up, you know, like 400 plus yards a game, you know, and throwing five touchdowns, but it was the fact that he was being really smart with the ball. So, no, our offense wasn't um, being super productive, but we were able to win these games through keeping it close by minimizing the turnovers um, on our side. So, you know, I know we're 29th in the league for, you know, plays per drive okay but at the same time you're not turning over the ball and mm-hmm. i'm i'd rather i'd rather have just no turnovers from our offense yeah <laughs> right yeah i know what you mean and um you know it might yeah it might not be the most exciting offense but um i mean that's one thing we may request the broncos run the ball a little bit more but they're a pretty run heavy offense already to be honest with you and so now Mm -hmm. i think it's not so much about running the ball more even though i think that's the safer play it's getting to more efficiency in the passing game somehow some way um and you know if, if it's going back to that the just dump off to running backs and and deep shots formula um that just didn't get executed well against the texans Maybe that's the answer. Um, but I agree with you in that I do think Russ is going to have a bounce back game. Um, I think he's going to not throw three interceptions uh, against the Chargers mm-hmm. defense. Um, that being said, you do still have some talented people on this defense, right? Um, mm-hmm. Derwin James, obviously, ultra talented safety, does a little bit of everything for them. Aloy Gilman uh, is playing really, really well, according to PFF grades. If you uh, you know take those for what they're worth. Um, you've got Asante Samuel Jr. out at cornerback. You've got Khalil Mack with 15 sacks yeah. this season. He's going to be a problem. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be a problem. Absolutely. And so you you really hope that you can keep 
a tight end over on Mike McGlinchey's side as often as possible to help keep Khalil Mack out of the backfield. But, you know, that's one thing that concerns me is if, if Russ is feeling that pressure from the right side and forced to step up before he feels like the play is developed, we might, might just might, might see him miss a couple of other open receivers deep. Yeah. It concerns me that he's going to be going up that um, Cleo Mack will be going up against McGlinchey. I have not. I know he's had good games, and I know he's had bad games. Um, it, it's just tough to see that. You know, the last few weeks haven't been great. Last week that was definitely not great. Again, if you're going by PFF grades, um, but just seeing the you know the eyeball test. You know, what do you see on 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 the tape there? And it's concerning. You know, when you have somebody that's just on an absolute roll like Cleo Mack against McGlinchey, who is hit or miss. Just to be honest, you know, um, and man, if he can have a good game and and just really limit Cleo Mack as much as possible, look, we were able to hold Miles Garrett, you know, to basically nothing. So I think if we come up with a similar type of game plan, uh, it's possible. But mm-hmm. it's just that's a, a definitely a concerning area because uh, an offense that's already struggling, you add a big pass rush, you know, player like Cleo Mack into the mix, ugh, you don't know yeah. what's gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. And a guy having a season like that at age 32, it's just crazy. Um, one thing to be aware of, Kev, um, Samaje Pirine showed up on the injury report with a back injury today and was listed as questionable. Um, listening to Coach Payton uh, after the game, after practice today, it did not sound like that was going to be a major issue and he would probably be able to play. Um, but something to keep a monitor on. Uh, I know he had that fumble. Uh, in this last game, but still, um, you know, it happens sometimes. And overall, the yeah. season, he's been a, a top contributor to this offense. Yep. So having him back, you know, opens up the what you can do in the run game and really keeps this offense in a, a good position, keeps it rolling sometimes in crucial situations where they need to move the chains. So, yeah, hope he's ready to go. Yeah, look, uh, McLaughlin has done a great job he's a great young player i think it's a very promising future but we only gave the ball to samaji p ryan once for one mm. yard game you mm-hmm. know and i think you saw how much we missed him in that run game for all the reasons that you just talked about i'm not going to repeat myself um mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly right so you know it's good to have mclaughlin back there but he's just not the type of player that you're going to get from p ryan um so if he is able to go out there and and play without re-injuring himself because look, still a lot of season left, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that, that's, I think going to be a huge help to our run game uh, and really help open up the pass because the run game just, I think kind of struggled overall last week um, without having P Ryan there for some of those more, you know, those power runs up the middle and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Javante Williams, you know, still playing really, really well this season, but just yep. having a back like P Ryan to spell him, who is, I mean, that's so much of an asset to the Broncos offense to have two guys like that, that are so, so physical that can just wear you down at the end of games because you've been using them alternating throughout the game and they're both fresh in an end of game situation against a tired defense. That's critical. Um, all right, Kev, is there any one matchup, one, you know, one player in the passing game, running game, offensive line that you really see as a, an asset for the Broncos or concern? 
But besides Mike McGlinchey and Khalil Mack, we talked about. No, that. yeah, no, I, I'm I'm going to go positive here. Um, not a concern. I think it's going to be a positive. I think Jerry Judy is going to get a couple really solid looks and receptions this week. Um, I mean, he's he's better. He he's got to reel them in. Uh, I think that you know, just hearing Coach Payton talk about yeah, there were two or three big plays like that that just Jerry Judy is wide open and, and Russ didn't see him or didn't give him the the pass attempt or whatever. So he's going to get chances this week. I think he's able to, you know, get open just like he has in recent weeks. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, and I, hopefully that'll just take some of the pressure off of Corlin Sutton, right? So mm-hmm. if we can find Jerry Judy early, kind of get that train rolling as well, uh, that's going to be huge. And I think just a yeah, good confidence boost between, you know, Russell was Russell Wilson and, and Jerry Judy there. I'm going to call it now. First pass attempt of the game goes to Jerry Judy. Okay. Very good. I love that. I am going to go with uh, Garrett Bowles uh, against old friend Justin Hollins. Um, yes, yes, yes. Former Broncos. your name. St- starting at outside linebacker for the Chargers in place of Joey Bosa, um, who is out with, I don't know what, what, what injury he's got this time, but I know he's on injured huh. reserve. And yeah. yeah, I know. Boy, you just can't stay healthy. Um, so anyway, we'll see. I, I, you know, I expect bowls to win that matchup handily um and so you know i think the pressure is really going to come down to mac versus mcglinchy and whichever tight end hopefully they've got man hurts over there quite a bit because if they can hold up better in pass protection against the offensive line i think they're going to have shots available to them like of it were available against the texans uh but they'll be able to hit them yep yeah it's um the pass pass protection would be huge this one because the they're going to want to do the same thing to us that we want to do to them. They want to throw mm-hmm. off Russell Wilson, you know, and you shut down the run game, you shut down the pass game. And it just, it's going to be very easy for us to get thrown off our game just because we are not an efficient offense right now. I'd love to see us go out there and put up 35 plus points, but that's just not historically what the Broncos are going to do. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, you know, but if we're able to keep Russell clean, allow him to make time to make those smart decisions, um, we just know that he is going to hold on the ball, maybe a little extra longer than normal quarterbacks. So uh, that's that's definitely a huge key to the game. Um, now, one thing that I wanted to get your take on was what we were talking on before um, before the show here. The change in approach that Coach Payton is going to have when it comes to scripting the the place to start the second half. Um, what the one thing that has been consistent on the offense this whole season, it seems like, is. One, we're going to win the coin toss because that's happened like yeah. 95% of the time. Um, but even when we don't, it doesn't matter. The, like the Broncos offense right before halftime and Broncos offense right before or right after halftime just is, it doesn't matter what else they were doing right. They just come to a complete stop. And so what do you think is going to be the change here? Like what, what is the impact of the change going to be? Well, it's going to be interesting. I think it can, you know, it's going to show what kind of an improviser Sean Payton really is at this stage in his career, because he said it before that before um, this game coming up, when he would script the second half opening series, he would do it before the game starts. Um, Now he's going to try and do it in during halftime. Um, so, you know, the advantage there, of course, is that you'll have a little bit better feel for how the game is going in real time and what your offense is doing well against the team, what they're not doing well against the team in question, um, gives you a little bit more flexibility in that regard. Uh, but 
you know, is that going to be enough time? We talk about halftime adjustments as this big thing, and it's really, you know, most NFL players will tell you it's kind of a myth. You know, halftime <laughs> is like 20 minutes. You have time to go to the bathroom. You have time to maybe have a snack and talk to your position coach about, you know, briefly. Um, but it's it's really not a lot of time to go down and, you know, get together as a defense or an offense and say, oh, this is what we've been hitting all half and this is what yeah. we're not hitting. All. It, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he has time to put together a, a reliable second half uh, opening play script in that amount of time. I mean, the good thing with this is it can't be worse than it has been. Fair. It, it, it literally can't. Like if they go out there and they go three and out right after halftime that's what I expected from them anyway, <laughs> you know? And, you know, so, also credit to coach Peyton for realize, seeing a problem mid season and trying to correct it mid season, sure. instead of saying, Oh, that's a big change for us to try to make mid season. I'm going to stick with what I do and we'll fiddle with it in the off season. If we can, uh, you yeah. know, you, you can clearly see adjusting on the fly is a sign that the coach, you know, this coach really still sees this team as one that could make the playoffs and he wants to do everything on his end possible to say at the end of the season, well, you know, I did everything I could to get us there. Yep. I, the fact that we are in such a good fight and I still, even with the loss of the Texans, we are still in a good position, five games left remaining to really, you know, fight for a playoff spot there. Um, it, it could be that, yeah, we lost to the Texans, but they lose, they drop some games, right? Uh, they still have some big games coming up themselves. I mean, um, look at what's happened to the Colts. Yeah, look at yeah. what's happened to the quarterbacks in the AFC. Trevor yep. Lawrence, the Jaguars quarterback, got injured. Uh, Kenny Pickett, the Steelers quarterback, got injured. The Patriots don't know what they're doing at quarterback. The Jets just <laughs> brought Zach Wilson back to start because they cycled through everybody else on their roster and found out they couldn't do better than Zach Wilson. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's um, anything could happen any given Sunday and um, – you know, uh, the the Broncos still have their playoff destiny in their hands right now. Yeah. Um, I think we we at all Orange Weekly all generally agree that they have to win out, or at mm -hmm. least at, at the very bare minimum lease, they can't have another AFC loss if they yeah. want to even have a chance. The Lions is the only game that you yeah. could drop and you, and still conceivably have a chance, right? And and you know maybe not even then, but. That yeah right. If you, you've got one more loss on your schedule maximum if you want to be a playoff team this year, and you know like we said they're going to be close in all of these games. So with that, what do you think your score prediction is for this Broncos Chargers matchup? Oh look, I think I'm going to trust the words of Russell Wilson. I'm going to believe in him. You know he said we're closer than a lot of you all think we are. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to believe that. Mm -hmm. You know this this offense puts it together and plays like, you know, a team with a strong defense, but they're not relying on the defense to get three, four, five turnovers in the game. Right. Um, and they're going to put up some good points. Um, I think the defense is going to get only one turnover, you know, um, it's not going to be the free for all. Like, you know, we saw during that five game win stretch, but um, defense is going to hold, you know, overall, big picture, this team is going to play like they deserve to be in the playoffs. Mm. Um, I think that's the big takeaway from the game against, against the Texans. And so I'm going to say Broncos 27, Chargers 13. Okay. 
I love it. Um, I I think it's going to be a little closer. I think it's going to be the cardiac kid Broncos again, especially since weird things happen when we go and play in L.A. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I know. I, yeah. I think I think the the crowd's going to show up. The Broncos fans are going to oh, go yeah. up. Uh, but I I just I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think it's probably going to be a little closer along the lines of twenty four twenty. That is, yeah, that's going to be my score prediction. I love it. You think the defense is going to do the game winning stop there? Get get that for us, or yeah, that I think that's what it'll be. I think they'll have it w- will be up twenty four twenty with the Chargers getting the ball back with maybe a minute ten or something like that. And I think, I think they'll make the stop. Chargers are going to charger. Man, charger. you get us in that position, and I would put money down on charger. I don't care. Charger going to charger. Yeah. <laughs> What was it a few years ago? They drove it down. They were like on the one yard line and then threw the interception mm-hmm. or something like that with like one second on the clock. And it was like, Charger going to Charger. Yeah. <laughs> so I would not be surprised if we saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a real good game. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Broncos country, thank you so much for joining us uh, for another edition of the pregame podcast. Um, check us out on Orange on the Orange Weekly Broadcast Network. Uh, we are on YouTube. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on all your socials. Um, and we have our flagship show, the Bourbon Broncos No BS Show, every Tuesday. We've got the postgame podcast every Monday. Uh, Kev Dan, anything else to plug? Any final thoughts? Pre-game show one hour before kickoff live on all the social medias and then halftime half show live at halftime as well. I'll be there. Join me and uh, let's talk about the game. Sounds perfect. Absolutely. As always, guys, all of our shows are reliant on audience participation. So show up for that halftime show. So show up to that pre-game show. We want to hear your questions and comments and we appreciate you tuning in. Awesome. Hey, man. End it as we always do. On a very, very strong, strong. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.